This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, YA is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders. Struggling to keep up with the latest releases? Want to keep an eye on what's coming out in the next few months for work or your own personal pre-ordering needs? If you need help turbocharging your TBR, Book Riot Insiders is here for you. Our new release index, available at the novel level for just $5 a month, is curated by resident Velocireader Liberty Hardy from the All the Books podcast. She keeps track of the most exciting books pre-publication so you can browse them, know when your favorite author's next novel hits stores, or find your next favorite read. Go to insiders.bookriot.com to sign up. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book right podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We are recording on Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Not bad, not bad. You know, just uh, ready to talk about some fun books. Trying yeah. to get into my garden, which kind of brings up what we're going to talk about today. So yeah, what about you? Not a whole lot. Um, I I've been reading a lot for my yoga life lately, which um, I've done a whole bunch of uh, trainings and workshops the last month or so. So um, my YA reading hasn't been a huge priority, which is fine. Um, I think it's always important to remind readers it's okay sometimes to take breaks. Um, it's okay to reprioritize, miss things. Uh, it's not like books are going away. Yeah. Like I get, the, you know, sometimes it happens. It's like you get get this weird feeling that if you don't read everything when it comes out, like you won't be able to read it, which is a lie. Like it's gonna be there, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did read uh, Sean David Hutchinson's Brave Face, which is a memoir and comes out later this month. Um, I blew through it in no time and loved it. Um, it's the sort of book that I think anyone who works with young people especially should have um, on order that they should be reading and sharing. Um, it's a really powerful and honest memoir about Sean growing up and understanding his sexuality as well as his mental health. Um, I think it's going to mean a lot to a lot of readers. What about you? What have you been reading? Yeah, well, I'm so jealous you got to read Sean's memoir already. Like, it's super high on top of my, like, most anticipated list. Like, I love his novels. I can't wait to see his nonfiction. Like, yes, more YA memoir, please. Um, Same. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I'm the same book as you, where I'm just, like... I don't want to say real life is getting in the way of my reading because reading is real life and it's kind of mm-hmm. all I do anyway. Um, but yeah, I've been a little busy. I'm still working my way through. I hope you get this message by Farhan Nasrishi. Um, as I mentioned on the last podcast, it's a book about uh, a group of teens trying to figure out how they're going to spend their final days knowing an alien invasion is coming to wipe out the planet in seven <laughs> days. Uh, so it's a pre-apocalyptic novel and I, I'm just really, really loving it. Um, that one doesn't come out until October um, but one that comes out very soon and probably, let me see, when, when is this podcast? podcast will hit 
and well, the fourteenth, the sixteenth, something like that. Okay. I don't know how math works. Yeah, so I guess this, <laughs> this book comes out like next week. Um, uh, I started reading "We Hunt the Flame" by uh, Hafsa Faisal. Uh, she's actually coming to Philadelphia next month, and I get to do the whole like in conversation Ooh. thing at the local bookstore. But you know, that's awesome. That means I have to read the book. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to be that that guy that's like, let's discuss your book. And then it's just like a long pause where I wait for them to talk. <laughs> like, I noticed your book has pages, you know, like there needs to be more. So, uh, yeah, I started reading it now. It's like a big, epic uh, YA fantasy that's, you know, definitely been one of those books I've been waiting for uh, to hit. Um, but, like, on a funny note, the Book of the Month Club edition of the book already came out, uh, and I got it. Because mm-hmm. I'm a consumer and I buy all those Book of the Month Club books. I also got the Book of the Month Club version of uh, Descendant of the Crane. And like, Kelly, I think I need a, I think I have a problem. I think Book of the Month Club <laughs> needs to sponsor an episode. So maybe I don't pay for as many of these, uh, these boxes as I'm getting. But uh, yeah, I got the, the Book of the Month Club version of uh, We Hunt the Flame, Descendant of the Crane. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be taking probably both of those with me. Um, this weekend, because I'm on my way to the, the Storymakers Conference in Utah for a couple Ooh. of days of uh, of YA and agent life fun. So, uh, yeah, I can do a lot of reading on the plane. Yeah, that sounds awesome, though. Um, I someday you'll figure out how to be a consumer and a reader. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't have that figured out yet either. No. I, I can't even remember who I was talking with uh, about, you know, you buy these books uh, oh, it was it was with a yoga teacher who was talking about mm. like um, how you buy these books and that they sit on your shelf. And I looked at her and I was like, yeah, she didn't know what I do for a living. And, <laughs> and it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, I have that problem with yoga books and literally every other book <laughs> out there, you know. <laughs> Oh, let's uh, let's hit our first sponsor and then dive right in. Um, our first sponsor is The Lost Coast by Amy Rose Capetta. Something is very wrong amid the trees and fog of the lost coast, and whatever it is, it can kill. Lush, eerie, and imaginative, Amy Rose Capetta's tale overflows with the perils and power of discovery, what it means to find your home, yourself, and your way forward. The spellbinding tale of six queer witches forging their own paths is shrouded in the mist, magic, and secrets of the ancient California redwoods. This is a book featuring queer witches, mystery, magic, murder, and set in Northern California among the ancient redwoods. Author Amy Rose Capetta says this is a book she wishes she had read as a young queer teen growing up without any LGBTQIA representation. It captures the relief of finding people that you can identify with and that you don't have to explain yourself to. They get it. This explores the intimacy and joy of queer friendship. And publicist Jamie Tan has this to say about Capetta. Quote, hearing her talk about this book is like seeing someone find out that unicorns are real and yes, you can ride one. I love that. I had to share it. (laughs) Um, Capetta is also the author of Echo After Echo. Capetta and her partner, author Corey McCarthy, got engaged at Bear Pond Books on Independent Bookstore Day. Uh, And that is The Lost Coast by Amy Rose Capetta, our first sponsor. Oh, getting engaged at Independent Bookstore. I love that. I do, too. That's so sweet. That is the best. Um, So, yeah. So, I guess time for what we're going to discuss. So, like, in an attempt to develop some kind of 
I don't know, a concept of a hobby and personality <laughs> outside of books and writing. I've been trying to just figure out something that, that will uh, keep me busy. And uh, since anything that is a sport is entirely out of the question, I've started mm-hmm. gardening a bit since uh, moving back to Philadelphia. Um, and it's funny, for a minute when I was trying to figure out something else to do with my time, I was like, hey, maybe I should podcast. And now here we are with our book-related podcast. So I, I kind of failed <laughs> on that end of things. Um, so anyhow, in the middle of fussing with trees and shrubbery and herbs and you know the, all these plants that are probably going to die, I was thinking about how, uh, how I want to see more YA that talks about outdoor spaces, but not in the way... Uh, that we tend to love, you know, like not necessarily a survival uh, story, you know, maybe uh, something has to do more with, uh, you know, nurturing things like gardening and the environment. (laughs) Um, In my agent life, I worked on this book called uh, The Girl You Thought I Was by Rebecca Phillips. Uh, And a big part of the plot is this romance with a cute former jock who's an aspiring landscaper. And it's like super adorable. He's trimming rose bushes and stuff all around town she randomly sees him like working in gardens uh it's all very swoony and cute uh and i want more precious plant nurturing boys in YA romance i thought it was uh super cute um so yeah this kind of brought on uh this idea my lack of life outside of books and my (laughs) my attempts to garden right now so uh yeah let's talk about ya and like gardening and outdoor spaces a little since this is the uh this is certainly the season to do it yeah for sure um when you brought this topic up, I started thinking about the books that I wanted to talk about. And then I realized what I really, really want is a book that I haven't seen yet. Um, I want a book about a gorilla gardener, you know, like the main character creates these pop-up gardens and parking spaces or plants, flowers in, uh, unexpected places at night to add some life to their community. Um, I, I just think that would be so much fun. Like that was a thing I used to see when I, uh, I lived down in Austin for grad school. Like there were these gorilla gardeners who would like take over a parking space, you know, at downtown and like create this pop-up garden. I think it'd be really fun to see a, um, why a book that does something with that. Yeah. They do that here in Philly too. There's lots of like spaces where like they're, you know, a, maybe a building got tore down and like there's yeah. a, a lot where a row house you know, used to be, and people make them into temporary gardens. It's really pretty. Yeah. Um, there's a thing that happens called yarn bombing in uh, Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I'm surprised there hasn't been a YA like about that yet. Maybe there is. Yeah. And I've just missed it. But like that, that feels like something that's ripe to be explored. For sure. Um, so I was thinking about that as I was pulling pulling the books together. I wanted to talk about, and I guess the first one um, I'll talk about is a fierce and subtle poison by Samantha Mabry. This is um, there's a really interesting theme in a few of the books that I'm going to talk about that use nature and flora in really magical ways mm-hmm. throughout the story. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how nature lends itself to this magical realism, and also how. Um, there was really deep roots in mythology and magic with, with plants and flowers. Um, so, so Mabry's debut is about a boy whose father is a real estate investor in Puerto Rico. And he's spending, um, he's spending some time down there with his dad, who's developing this hotel on the beach. And Lucas, the main character has heard legends of this girl on the Island named Isabel, who has green skin and grass for hair and who survives by eating the poisonous plants in her family's yard. Uh, there's this rumor that she has the power to either grant wishes or she can curse someone to their death. And uh, Lucas wants to know the truth about her, you know, whether whether she's good, whether she's evil. Like, he's super intrigued by Isabel. Um, 
So when Lucas's girlfriend disappears and then suddenly he's seeing letters from Isabel appear in his room, uh, he embarks on a discovery of the truths and the untruths about Isabel and uh, the power she may or may not have. Uh, that is A Fierce and Subtle Poison by Samantha Mabry. Oh, I love that book. I love everything mm-hmm. Samantha Mabry writes. It's also beautiful and lyrical and just, ugh, so Yeah, good. yeah. Uh, so yeah, speaking of beautiful books uh, and plants that are magical, my next one is uh, Secret of a Heart Note by Stacey Lee. So everyone knows Stacey Lee as the prolific YA author who pens these gorgeous, researched historical novels. Uh, but there's this little outlier in her collection, uh, and I think it's actually my favorite book of hers, um, and that is uh, Secret of a Heart Note. Um, there's just a little bit of magic in it, uh, in a story about a teenager who mixes perfumes uh, to help people fall in love. But if she falls in love, she'll lose her gift uh, for... Oh, shoot, what is it called? Aroma something something. For, for, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for mixing these, uh, these, these little potions up. There's a, there's a lot of gardening and tending to plants in this book as she takes care of the plants that make up the creations uh, that she whips up. And, uh, yeah, it's just this wonderful book about you know, family, love, and you know, making decisions for yourself. Uh, and that's Secret of a Heart Note. That's the one book by her I haven't read yet, and I know I need to. Oh, like, every so time fun. I see it, I'm like, oh, I want to read it so bad. Uh, my next one follows in the in the magic uh, and and plants theme, and that's Bone Gap by Laura Ruby. It's a, a magical and strange little book set in a town called Bone Gap, where there are gaps that you can slide into and out of. Uh, when Rosa goes missing, the town isn't super surprised or concerned, given that uh, these gaps have taken people before, and like they come back or they don't, and it's okay. Um, but Finn, <laughs> he knows that. When Rosa disappears, this isn't a good thing. Um, He's convinced that something sinister has gone down, and he is determined to figure out what happened to her. The problem is that Finn can't remember faces. He's face blind. Um, This magical, strange little book in town is filled with nature and cornfields and um, quite a bit about the magic of bees. Um... So when I was thinking about gardening and nature, I was like, man, bees. I love bees. And uh, this one, there's there's a, a lot in there to do with uh, bees. And there's a character in there who tends to bees. And it all plays a nice little, little role in this strange, mysterious little book. Um, as you can kind of tell from the cover, which has a bee on it. Um, and that is Bone Gap by Laura Ruby. Did you know there, there's really a Bone Gap, uh, a town named Bone Gap in Illinois? What, really? Um, yeah, I was uh, on a road trip with my husband throughout the state last year just to visit all these places that we had never been, and we drove right by it. We didn't end up going there because it was a little out of the way, but I saw the sign for it, and it made me, made me think of the book. I did not know that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So my next pick is uh, Wicked Like a Wildfire by Alana Popovic. Uh, so this one's a duology, and it's a Finnish duology, Kelly, so you can pick it yes. up. Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, when we were kicking around this idea, this is one that like sprung to mind immediately just because of the cover. Uh, and the series, like the duology series title is The Hibiscus Daughter. So there's a Ooh. lot of... There's a lot of flowers in this. Um, so it's this magical series about a family who has these magical gifts um, that are, uh, it's not like your typical, uh, you know, teen superpowers. Like, oh, I could throw a fireball and stuff like that. Like, they can manipulate beauty and the world around them and, and things that are beautiful and change them. Um, you know, one of the girls, the main character, can change flowers 
uh, into fractals, and then she transforms them into glasswork, and that's how uh, she helps support the family. Um, but families with magical secrets only get to stay secret for so long, and soon hijinks ensue. Uh, the prose is all kinds of beautiful and lyrical, uh, and definitely matches the look of the book, that is for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the second book came out just last year, uh, and that is uh, Wicked Like a Wildfire by Lana Popovic. So when we were talking about doing this this topic, I asked some of the book writers if they could think of any uh, additional books than the ones that I'd come up with. And this is one that popped up and I had to share. Uh, so I haven't read it, but it sounded really good. It's called Lost Stars by Lisa Salen Davis. Um, and, and I'm just going to read the description because, oh, no, I... Yeah, I I took the description and wrote my own take on the description. Um, So anyway, it's about a girl named Carrie who was super into science, uh, but that was before her sister Ginny died. And as she's grieving her sister's loss, Carrie begins to hang out with the, you know, wrong crowd of people and starts um, getting pulled away from her passions as well as getting into some trouble. Um, To set her back on the right path, her dad decides to send her to a summer work camp that happens to take place at a local state park where she rediscovers a love for science and her passion for nature. Um, It's really interesting to think about the very obvious metaphor here um, with grief and growth and plants and rebirth. Um, But but I love this idea of like a, a summer work camp at a local state park that then eventually becomes this love for for nature and and the earth um and that is lost stars by lisa salen davis yeah that sounds great um mm-hmm. What about The Secret Garden? Does that count? Oh, no, it doesn't count. <laughs> um, so my next pick is uh, Blight by Alexandra Duncan. I know it's a little bit of a stretch on the gardening angle, but there's seeds and genetic engineering about plants. It's really interesting. Um, so it's a dystopian novel about a teen living on a genetically engineered farm uh, that guards their food with this violent force uh, and finds herself on the run with some seeds that are resistant to a blight that is suddenly unleashed when the facility is attacked. Um, but maybe the blight wasn't something totally accidental. Maybe there's something way more nefarious happening, why there was a a blight inside a factory that is decimating plants everywhere. I don't know. Something something mysterious is going on here. Uh, and it's a really dark look at genetic engineering farming. Uh, and yeah, just protect those seeds in, in this book. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, this book's super exciting. Uh, and I felt like not a lot of people picked this one up. Um, and it's just a really neat, uh, neat look at, um, I don't know, not what could happen, because I... I like to think people aren't that evil, but, uh, you know, certainly something scary. My next pick is Wild Beauty by Anna Marie McLemore. Yes. And, uh, this is the one book by her I haven't read. Um, so it's about the Nomalavitas family, which has tended to the lush gardens at, uh, this estate for a long, long time. And they've always enchanted visitors from all over the world. Uh, but they've kept this family curse really close to the chest. And that curse is if they fall in love too deeply, then their loved person will disappear. Um, But after years and years of vanishings, a boy finds himself appearing in the garden, and suddenly the entire history and legacy of the family is sent into question. I love this idea, um, and and Michael Moore does this so well. Uh, Again, she weaves in the magic um, with with flowers and... um, just these 
vivid, lush descriptions that it makes perfect sense she would write about a gardening family and, mm -hmm. and all the magic and lore uh, that comes with that. And that is Wild Beauty by Anna Marie Mecklemore. Awesome. Uh, really quick, I just want because I feel like I've brought it up too much, is uh, maybe Chuck Wendig's Heartland Trilogy again. <laughs> uh, you've heard me scream about it in previous episodes. I won't get into it, but there's living corn and farms and genetic engineering and, yeah, a lot of gardening and plants and plants that are maybe people. Maybe plants that are gardening with people. There's some messed up stuff going on in this very underrated series that... Yeah, I've gushed about plenty. <laughs> so that's check out the Heartland trilogy by Chuck Wendig. Um, I've got two more real quick. Yeah, um, one is our sponsor, or one of our sponsors, uh, The Lost Coast by Amy Rose Capetta. As I was putting together the notes for our show, I was like, oh, that's such a nice like lead in to our topic. Um, just came out, it's sponsor title, and it's about uh, six queer witches finding their way in the California redwoods, which totally sold on me. Um, I want to pick that up. And then the other one is another one I haven't read. Um, it's called Dan vs. Nature by Don Calame. Um, again, haven't read it, but I know Calame is known for his humor. And the reviews of this one uh, make it clear it's one of those really funny nature-driven books. Uh, it's about a boy named Dan whose mom has been apparently dating every man in the state of California. Um, so when Dan comes home from school one day and discovers that his mom is engaged, he's shocked. But he's even more shocked when mom decides that he and his soon-to-be stepfather are going to be sent to a survival camp in Idaho in order to bond. Um, so Dan does what Dan thinks makes sense. He'll gross out his future stepfather and get him to leave. But nature, of course, has a different plan. Uh, and that is Dan versus Nature by Don Calame. Nice. These are some good gardening books. You yeah. Know, maybe when I'm on a break from trying to not do book things and gardening uh, and need a break from gardening, I'll read these books. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. That's not at all what I'm trying to get away from. Uh, so our second sponsor uh, is Again But Better by Christine uh, Riccio. Um, from one of the most followed booktubers today, Christine Riccio uh, comes a story about second chances, discovering yourself, and being brave enough to try again. Colleen Hoover calls uh, Again But Better a fantastic debut novel, entertaining, clever, and impossible to put down. Uh, what would you do with a second chance? From a well-followed booktuber, Christine Riccio, uh, a.k.a. Poland Bananas Books, uh, has written a fantastic debut novel, entertaining, clever, and impossible to put down. Uh, says Colleen Hoover, a best-selling author. Uh, and she's written a story of finding love and finding yourself. Prepare to be completely charmed, uh, says Christina Loren, a uh, best-selling author of Autobiography. Autobiography. <laughs> I love that title. That's super cute. Uh, and that's Again But Better by Christine Riccio. Um, that's awesome. I like the idea of booktubers becoming uh, these novelists. I'm going to have to check this one out. Uh, so, Eric... Yes. You know, we've talked about this before, this topic that we're going to talk about. And uh, I brought it up when we were brainstorming what we wanted to cover, in part because we're going through a really big, like, wave of these books. Um, yeah, and the, the topic is music. And I think we talked before about how music books seem to come in waves and then disappear for a while and come back in waves and disappear for a while. And we <laughs> are really like, do. yeah, and we are in like, we are riding a huge wave right now, um, which is awesome. And I think it's particularly awesome because we're seeing music done in so many different ways. Um, 
We have, for example, three, not one, not two, but three YA books this year out that um, take on rap in some capacity and um, other genres of music, which we'll, we'll talk, talk a bit about as we get into the titles. Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like I get a lot of pushback on music books in like my agent life, uh, and I'm sorry. I love them so much. I'm not going to start stop trying to work on them. Uh, <laughs> they make me they make me so happy. And you know the whole you know dreaming of being a musician or you know actually becoming a famous musician as you're younger. Yeah, it's like the dream of uh, plenty of teens out there. Uh, so I am all for them for sure. Uh, let's let's just dive right in, um, and I'll I'll hit mine first. My first one. I think I've talked about this on the show before. I'm going to talk about it again. Um, if you get to do it, I get to do it. And yes. uh, <laughs> this one is "Spin" by Lamar Giles. Um, this book, on the come up by Angie Thomas and Tiffany D. Jackson's "Let Me Hear a Rhyme," are the three rap theme book rap themed books coming out this spring and I'm not going to talk about all of them because I know Eric's going to talk about at least one of them <laughs> um, but let me start with Lamar Guile Spin it's a thriller and I think that he's been writing some of the coolest thrillers in YA and for readers who haven't yet gotten on board you have plenty of time to fix that and this would be a great place to start it's a compelling mystery about a DJ who's been murdered and her two closest friends Slash fans who, at the time of her death, were both sort of on the outs with her. Um, it's a story about police brutality, about black justice, about racial equality in the media, about social media, technology, and the dark web. Uh, yes, it brings all those things together in this really twisty and solid and compelling uh, mystery and both Kaya and Fuse, the two uh, best friends, main characters, have really outstanding voices throughout the story. Um, and that is Spin by Lamar Giles. I love Lamar Giles books. They're, they are so great. Uh, let me see. What is my first one? Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so my first one is one that uh, I think you were going to talk about. And that is uh, Let Me Hear a Rhyme by <laughs> Tiffany D. Jackson, which is out later this month. Uh, I don't know. Did you get a chance to read this one yet? I haven't gotten to read this it's, one yet. So. It's on my pile for this month. Oh, okay. All right. So I feel less guilty just reading the blip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to read the blip about it. Um, Biggie Smalls was right. Things don't change, but that doesn't mean that Quadir and Jarrell are okay letting their best friend Steph's tracks uh, lie forgotten in his bedroom after he's killed. Not when his beats could turn any bed corner into a celebration. Uh, not after years of having each other's backs. Uh, enlisting the help of Steph's younger sister, Jasmine, Quadir and Jarrell come up with a plan to promote Steph's music under a new rap name, The Architect, which is an awesome, awesome It is, name. yeah. Uh, soon everyone in Brooklyn is dancing to Steph's voice, but then his mixtape catches the attention of a hot-headed music rep, and with just hours on the clock, the trio must race to prove Steph's talent from beyond the grave. Now as the pressure and danger of keeping their secret grows, Quadir, Jarrell, and Jasmine are forced to confront the truth about what happened to Steph. Only each has something to hide, and with everything riding on Steph's fame, together they need to decide uh, what they stand for before they lose everything they've worked so hard to hold on to, including each other. Oh my god, I can't wait to I know. get this book. It sounds uh, so good. This is one of those, like, you know, hey, YA, we can't wait for this book books that, you know, did not magically appear. Uh, and that's okay, <laughs> because I pre-ordered the hell out of it, and I cannot wait uh, to have this book. <laughs> are you are you trying to conjure uh, an early copy? Before? <laughs> oh, I, got, no. I got a copy. Um, it'll, I don't... Be out in two, it'll be out in two weeks, and I can't wait, because <laughs> I, I love all of Tiffany Jackson's books. We, we, we like her in this house. We have all of her novels. Yes. 
you like her in your house and we like her in this house of Hey YA as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My next pick is one that's out, came out in March, I believe. It's called In the Key of Niragani by Natasha Dean. It's about a girl named Nira, and her and her family are Guyanese Canadians. And her father is especially strict about the sort of upbringing and career he wants for his daughter, who um, she is the daughter of immigrants. Since uh, her parents have survived this big immigration and she has all these opportunities to excel, Nira is expected to become a doctor. Like, that's what her families want for her. Uh, but she doesn't want that. Instead, she wants to become a musician. And trying out for the high school band is sort of the first step in this process. Uh, She doesn't have parental permission, and she doesn't have a quote-unquote real trumpet to play, but she wants to anyway. Um, Nira ultimately doesn't make the band when she tries out, and she decides to use this as an opportunity uh, to take a leap and try another outlet to make music and to... um, make a name for herself rather than hope someone would just take pity on her. Um, it encourages her to play publicly and lands her a sweet little music gig on the side. Um, there's a lot of really awesome stuff in this book about following your passion, about what it's like to be the child of immigrants and how to push yourself outside your comfort zone. Um, I felt this one read kind of young, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, I think it means that it would be especially appealing for younger YA readers who don't always have books that are sort of uh, perfect for them. I think this one this one would be. And it's called In the Key of Niragani by Natasha Dean. And that's a, that's a running press book, I think, right? I think, I think so. so. Yeah, they're doing some interesting uh, YA stuff. I'm excited. Uh, let's see. So my next one is a another Hey YA favorite, and that is uh, Something Only We Know by Maureen Goo. Mm. Um, I haven't got to read this one, but I think you did, Kelly, Not right? yet. This... No, I just, no? I just requested it from the library, though, this morning when I was trying oh, nice. to find uh, Hot Dog Girl, which my library doesn't have yet. Um, ah, that book. I know, I know. We I all had know to bring how I feel about that book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm excited because I'll get this one um, in a finished copy, which I, you know. That's how I want to read it. Yeah, yeah. So in this one, uh, sparks fly between a K-pop starlet and a tabloid reporter uh, <laughs> in a heartwarming uh, rom-com. I have, I have the description pasted here, but I think I can just explain it. So, uh, yeah, a K-pop star is uh, hot on the scene with a, a hit single right now. Um, she's about to go on The Tonight Show in America, have the big breakout performance of her career. Uh, but right now, she just wants to relax, uh, sleep in her hotel, get a hamburger. Um, pretty much what I want to do whenever I go to a book conference. Um, uh, and Jack is sneaking into said fancy hotel on an assignment for a tabloid job uh, that he keeps secret from his parents. Uh, and on his way out, he runs into this mysterious girl who's trying to find a hamburger and looks kind of familiar. <laughs> um, from everything I've read about this book, it's sort of like uh, a retelling of like Roman Holiday, yeah. which sounds really interesting to me, uh, set in the K-pop world. And I can't wait to check this one out. Yeah, same. It's like, I want to will my hold to show up, like, right this second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My next one is one I haven't read. I guess we should have explained at the beginning that these are all books coming out this year, so we haven't read them all yet. Um, Yes. And this is just, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg for the YA music books out this year. I feel like there are so many. Um, But the next one I'm going to talk about is called Impossible Music by Sean Williams. Um, 
This one isn't an own voices book, which I want to point out at the very beginning, but um, the note I got with the review and the things that I've seen is that the author did a ton of uh, research and had a number of sensitivity reads with this one. Um, so it's not own voices, but it's been, you know, uh, looked at carefully. Um, it's, it's about a uh, boy named Simon who has this stroke that destroys his hearing and um, he resists attempts to help him adjust to his new experience as as a person who is hard of hearing um, and he refuses to be counseled refuses to learn sign language and refuses to have anything to do with deaf culture um, that is until he meets G a tough as nails girl dealing with her own newly experienced deafness. Um, I read a book about a deaf uh, musician before called Five Flavors of Dumb by Anthony John. It came out mm. maybe 10 years ago at this point. Um, and I really liked it. So I'm interested to um, hop back into this, this idea of music and, and deafness with impossible music by Sean Williams. Nice. And let's see. I know I've talked about You'd Be Mine by Aaron Hahn a few times on here, just like Chuck's book. So I'll just give it a quick mention. Uh, country music, YA, romance, swooning. Uh, <laughs> this one came out already uh, at, via Wednesday Books and is just, oh, goodness, it is delightful. Um, and that is You'd Be Mine by Aaron Hahn. And then my my last one uh, for music is called Night Music by Jen Marie Thorne. It's another upcoming one I haven't... Um, gotten to read yet but i i love the cover of it and i every time i walk by and i'm like i should read that one i should read that one just haven't gotten to it yet uh so here's the description of that one uh ruby has always been known as ruby chertok future classical pianist heir to the chertok family legacy daughter of renowned composer martin chertok but after bungling her audition for the prestigious amberley school of music where her father is on the faculty ruby, ruby is suddenly just ruby and who is that again? All she knows is that she wants out of the orbit of her relentlessly impressive family and away from the world of classical music for good. Oscar is a wonderkind, a musical genius. Just ask any of the 1.8 million people who've watched him conduct his own compositions on YouTube. Or hey, just ask Oscar. But while he might be the type who'd name himself when asked about his favorite composer and somehow make you love him more for it, Oscar is not the type, not the type to jeopardize his chance to study under the great Martin Chertok. Not for a crush. He's all too aware of how the ultra-privileged, ultra-white world of classical music might interpret a black guy like him falling for his benefactor's white daughter, right? Right. But as the New York City summer heats up, so do sparks between Ruby and Oscar. Soon their connection crackles with the same alive, uncontainable energy as the city itself. But can two people still figuring themselves out figure out how to be together, or will the world make the choice for them? That is Night Music by Jen Marie Thorne, and it sounds like that Sarah Zar book. Um, do you know which one I'm talking about? Hmm. No, I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's a Sarah Zar book where uh, the daughter is a musician and like feels like she needs to be impressive because her family has this legacy of being musicians and it's going to make me so mad I don't remember the name of it right now, but I'll put it it's in the that, show notes. It's not that Jem and Dixie book, is no, it? No, it's the one that no. came out before that one. Um, hmm. <laughs> useful to remember when it was published and not the title. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll put the title in the show notes because I'll be able to look it up uh, after. And it's so funny you mentioned the Night Music book because that is also a Book of the Month Club book that I bought no, the other day. I know. <laughs> they look so good. Oh, my wallet. Story of the reading life, right? Yep. Should we, uh, I, I think that's our show for this week. Yeah. I, I think that's it. Yeah. Gardening and music and, you know, maybe listening to music while you're gardening. There you go. And also while you're reading books. Yes. Thank you all for tuning in this week. If you have any feedback about the show, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts. That lets us know how we're doing and it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You could follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. We will talk to you again in two weeks. Bye.